0: welcome to present truth broadcast with pastor maxwell Ogaga. brought to you by present truth ministry a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of god's word for more information and free downloads please visit www.pastormax.ng amen all right, uh, such a joy to have every one of you here this evening. Thank you so much um, for the the privilege to speak with you around the scriptures. And I know that um, for ladies, it's a, it's a lot of sacrifice to make time with everything you also need to attend to. Uh, we started these meetings about three years ago. Uh, When the Lord put it in our hearts To start talking to ladies It was a bit unusual At the start Because uh, you know ladies meeting You always have female speakers uh, Ladies talking And so when the the idea came to my spirit I I needed to be sure Of what the Lord would have me do But then the Lord granted and gave me directions, the way to go about it. So, we've had a couple of them, about four specifically. I've taught on Lessons from Abigail, um, Unlocking the Proverbs 31 Woman, and a couple of that, that you can find on our website. And these meetings actually are geared towards um, examining the scriptures and finding our place as ladies in the scriptures. And um, this evening, I'd like to look at lessons from Jochebed, the mother of Moses. Most times when we look at women from the scriptures, we are quick to look at those very active, vibrant, smoking, firebrand women. And sometimes when we place all our emphasis on those type of people, we sometimes or most times overlook very quiet, salient, but powerful women in the scriptures that if the Lord does not open our eyes, we will almost uh, walk past them. And I remember sharing this with someone and that's why I had to put that there. Moses' mother, because when you say lessons from Jochebed, it's like, who is she? I mean, where is this woman? She's not Deborah, she's not Ruth, you know, she's not Hannah that had God hostage and God had to give her a prophet. And sometimes even as ladies, we look less on ourselves because we don't look like the firebrand ones in church. You know, the ones who can do tongues for 60 hours non-stop. Those who can cook and pray and raise the dead. And we have this uh, perception about certain salient women in the scripture. So one of my tasks in the ladies gathering is actually to look for these women. And um, today we're going to look at lessons from Jochebed, the mother of Moses. And I subtitle it, Birthing the Divine Destinies in Our Children. Interestingly, her name appears three times in scriptures specifically let's go to exodus chapter 2 we're not going to have the scriptures on the slide because i want you to look at your bible so exodus chapter 2 let's start from there which is going to be our main text some of the things will be new to you some of them will reaffirm the things you already know Um, but i just pray today that the lord would speak to you from this conversation Exodus chapter 2, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 5. And we will start building from there. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 1 to 5. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. Now I'd like to pause there to say that our marital relationships within the same tribe is very important if we want to bet divine destinies in our children. We found that from Exodus chapter two, verse one, that Levi, um, um, the the husband, was from the tribe of Levi, which is talking about from the uh, priestly tribe. And so the conversation, because of some people who would also hear this and are not married, the conversation starts with the beginning of the union. And that's very critical. That's very critical because the Lord speaks to us specifically about not being entangled light and darkness. And sometimes it's almost looking like in our day and in our age, we are just... Not drawing the lines you know someone will come to you and say hey i want to get married to this person i says, the person is believer i say eh, not really and then my question is so why the consideration he says he's a nice guy no no we have a requirement when it comes to marriage on who we should get married to now this is very important because Let's go to First Corinthians 7 verse 14 and I'll show you something there. And someone say, well, I'm a Christian, but my husband is not really very, very serious. Well, there's something that I found out. That if you're a woman of God, if you're born again, and maybe your husband is not very serious with God, there is an authority that God has vested in you in the spirit to be able to bring salvation to your house. And you must take advantage of that. First Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 14. Look at this. I read this here. 7 verse 14. Uh, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise your children will be unclean, but now they are holy. Now it's talking about the whole process which I don't want to go about. But as a believing woman... You have authority in God towards your children. And that authority, you must not throw it away. You are the one who's got the spiritual light. And one of the things you must do if your husband is not very serious with God, or is not praying, or is not doing the things he should do, is to pray the Pauline prayer. That the eyes of his understanding will be enlightened, that he will know the mystery of God's will. You take that as your primary assignment. To pray for him. That the eyes of his understanding will be enlightened. That he will know the mystery of God's will. And the purpose of God for his life. So the foundation of this marriage. we discussing or this lady. Was the fact that they were from the same tribe. From the priestly tribe. Of course. And the Lord calls us royal priesthood. So we know that the foundation of our marriage. Must start from that God factor. Because I see people try to do what they want and then when crisis starts coming they start trying to put god in the middle all right so from day one you should already establish these are for those who are not married this is the kind of person i should get married to let's move on so the woman conceived and bore a son and when she saw that he was a beautiful child right uh now i know this okay let me backtrack a bit Jochebed is very silent, but she has three kids, right? She has Moses, she had Aaron, the brother of Moses, and then she had Miriam, the prophetess. So the three children we find from scriptures that this woman had, all were strategic in the purposes of God. Aaron and Miriam, who was a prophetess. So she had these three children, and every one of them was relevant in the purpose of God. Now I'll tell you this. That God wants every one of our child, every one child that we have, no matter the number, from 12 to 30 to 5 to 6 to 2 to 1, God wants every one, I mean every single one of them, to be relevant in his purpose for their generation. This does not mean that everybody is going to be a pastor. Right? But it means that they are relevant to the purposes of God. Now, I'm not an English student per se, and we all agree that English is second language, but I know that you don't use the word beautiful for a man, right? Am I right? Okay. That means my English is improving now. now. You don't use the word beautiful for a child, for a man, but the scripture says that she saw that he was a beautiful child. So what's going on here? The Greek, the Hebrew meaning of that word beautiful is the same expression when they said God looked upon creation and saw that it was good. It's the same expression. It's like God finished creating the universe and looks on creation and says this is good. The same feeling that God had is the same feeling that the parents of Moses had here. When they looked at the child so this is not just talking about being handsome naturally that's what i want 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 to point out it's not like you look at the child and say whoa this is it no that's not the that's not it's it's it really had nothing to do with the physical beauty it had nothing to do with the physical abilities of the child this was just the baby do you understand that so when, when when Moses' mother looked at this child, there was a feeling of divine purpose in her spirit. And says, this child is beautiful. It's like saying, this child was born for such a time as this. There was a sensing that there's something different about this child and I know if I ask you, oh your child everybody feels that their child is the next world president, everyone feels that Even, you know it's like everybody just feels oh this my child is special, he's sent from God and all that, we all feel that but I want to push the boundaries a bit, I want you to move beyond just the natural feeling to come to a point where you are synchronized with God about the purposes of your children where you see parenting just more than and I'll, and I'll get there now Because most of us are limited to the physical abilities of our children. Like, oh, this one, he likes playing with iron. Ah, he's an electrical engineer. That's very limiting. That's very limiting. Every natural man can pick that. Alright? Oh, this is my child. He doesn't talk so much. Okay, he will probably be a nurse. And unconsciously, we guide our children by their natural abilities without inquiring about their purposes in god i i i I don't completely agree with the fact that you always do something in your area of strength i believe that god can call you to do something where you don't have strength and his grace is made available for you i absolutely believe that moses could not speak and god called him to lead the children of israel so in as much as we are, oh, what are uh, his strengths? Ah, he talks a lot. Ah, he's a public speaker. You can actually raise your child in that mode, walking away from divine purpose. Why? Because God might not want him to be a public speaker. Oh, he, ah, this one cannot see blood. Ah, no, 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 he's not a doctor. This one is, is, is a vet, is a vet doctor. He likes animals. And we look at natural factors and just conclude on our children and meanwhile from heaven god is saying listen listen this creation i gave you the privilege to bring to the earth has a stronger divine purpose than you're just saying and that's very key so let's go on she hid him three months now i want you to understand what's going on here if we are in a democratic society we will not understand so much what this is but if you were raised in a monarchy where a king rules When a king gives a decree, it is almost irreversible. And remember the conditions with which Moses was given birth to. What was the conditions? Herod says, kill every male child. Kill every male child. And here is Moses' mother and parents conspiring to say, there's something about this child. We will disobey the command of the king to obey our heavenly king to keep the child. And I'll go ahead of myself to say here that that's the battle every day that we face with our children the king of the media the king of academics the king of society that's saying this is the society has everything to say about our children if you do this or turn out this if you do this or turn out this if you do this or turn out this and some of those things they might be good but they might actually be eliminating divine destiny in the life of our children and we need to come to that place and i walk with god where we say hey listen every other child is going to this school every other child is doing this every other child thinks if they take this route it's going to take them to the top but i have a different models operating this former child that's heavenly because of his purpose that god has shown to me and that means that you cannot operate these if you do not have a quality walk with god right You can't do this. Because all you're going to do is just go by the natural methods. Oh, this is what everybody is doing. If they go to this school, then they're going to have... No! And you're like, hey, listen, no. If the child goes to this school, he might do well. But based on what the Lord has spoken to me about him, this is where he should be. And this is critical because it puts us in a position now where we need to be sensitive to the speaking of God concerning our children. Let's go on. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dubbed it with asphalt and pitch, and put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river bank. And his sister stood afar to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to, to bathe at the river, and maidens walked along the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. You know the whole story. I know most of you are children, teachers. You've said this story times without number. Hold your place there Go with me to Matthew chapter 16 verse 3 Let's start this conversation Matthew chapter 16 verse 3 And I'll show you something here Matthew 16 verse 3 Let's start from verse, verse 2 Joseph was talking about when the Pharisees came and asked him about the sign He was coming He answered and said to them When it is evening you say it will be fair weather For the sky is red And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to design the face of the sky, but you cannot design the signs of the times. Contextually, Jesus was referring to the children of Israel. They could tell so many signs, right? Oh, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. But God was telling them that, hey, listen, you are so good with natural signs, but you're not good with spiritual signs right like you're waiting for the messiah you're waiting for the savior but here is the savior walking right down the streets of galilee and you have no idea how does this play to us now we can know so many natural things about our children but we cannot sometimes discern spiritually what their real purpose is that's the call i'm calling you tonight i'm calling you to press beyond the natural abilities of your children i'm calling you to press beyond the natural signs your children are giving to you that every person can just look at and say hey this child is going to be this way hey that child is going to be this way and backtrack into the divine purpose of god and help god partner with god to steward the divine purpose in the life of your children that's the call that's the lesson we learn from this woman. Two things, quickly, that we learn from this woman. Number one, she was somebody who collaborated with God to bet the purposes of God. Through the life of Moses. And number two, she was someone of incredible faith. Incredible trust. So like, say, hey, listen, we're going to keep this baby. We're going to disobey the king. We're going to disobey the worldly standards. We're going to make sure that the world... That herod is setting up there to annihilate the sons of the kingdom do not get into our house and this is a huge task for us mothers this is a very huge task how do we build to the point where we are very firm on the fact that we do not allow the annihilation that Herod is setting up out there in the world, get into our seed. This cannot be careless business, I'm telling you now. Parenting cannot be careless. The reason is because, hey, what are we talking about here? Moses was born by God to deliver the children of Israel. That was who he was. That means that God was entrusting the purpose of raising a generational deliverer to a woman called Jochebed that's how it is so that means that if god wants to do something on the earth the first thing god does is to craft a human being who will accomplish that purpose and you know what god does god entrusts that child to a mother and that's serious because that now tells us how important we are in the accomplishment of the purposes of God. God cannot do anything without a human being. That's that's not divine law. He will. So that means. Um, I mean. And, and, and don't get me wrong. There's nothing in being an engineer. There's nothing wrong in being a doctor. Psychologist. Whatever. Carpenter. Welder. But beyond those natural constructs for your child. There's something heaven wants to accomplish through them. That's what I want you to look for. After this meeting. Like God, hey, come on, I've got four of them. What are you saying? What divine imputes do we need to put at their life very early? How do we go about them? How do we go about raising them? Let me show you another um, another woman. We'll take time to study her, but I just want to show you something here quickly. Let's go here now. Let's go to Acts seven twenty first and then we'll come back to Judges. But let's go to Acts 7.20. Are you learning anything? Tell me, are you learning anything? Yes. Okay, thank you. The yes are very few. Don't worry, you get something. Amen. Acts seven verse twenty. But this is this is quite challenging. Acts seven verse twenty. Look at this. At that time, at this time, at Acts seven nineteen to twenty. This man dead treacherously with our people and oppressed our our fa- forefathers, making them expose their babies, making them expose their babies so they might not live. Now what I'm doing actually is, is figurative interpret- interpretation, not contextual. See what that, the, the scripture says there, right? It says, there arose another king. And what this king, look at this, look at this. What this king said to do was that the king made them to expose their babies so that they might not live. because the king knows that in exposing the babies then he can have a chance to kill them so the next verse 20 the next verse at this time moses was born and was well pleasing to god and he was brought up in his father's house for three months now you you find out something even if you go to the book of Hebrews, clearly scripture talks about that by faith. You know, the parents of Moses so trust her to go there. But then, this woman by divine wisdom set up the whole process and then she ended up taking care of the child. Right? She ended up taking care of the child. Now what you now found out is that by the time Moses even left for the for the palace of Egypt, left for the palace of Pharaoh, he was already aware of divine destiny. Right? Yeah because then when he strolled out and saw the the two Hebrew children that he went to see his people that means this woman was so wise that even though Pharaoh uh the daughter of Pharaoh paid for her to be taking care of Moses in the natural making sure that he's well fed this woman was using that time to infuse moses this is very important with divine destiny to the point that when she allowed moses go to the house of pharaoh she wasn't bothered right now let's take it down what does that mean it means that between now and the secondary school season of your life of your children's life you have infused them with enough divine purpose that when you send them to school you don't have anxiety in your heart that tells us that we have some serious job on our hands right because now we are so scared of our children we can't send them anywhere we're afraid and you know the reason we're afraid we have not planted enough Of that sense of divine purpose. And I, and as we go on, we'll see here that you need to come to that place in your life where you emotionally release your children. You have to let them go. A time came when this woman had to let the children go. Like, hey, listen, I'm done. That also takes faith. That also takes faith. You know, some, you know, some people are married now. you you you, you're married to some of them that their their mothers have not still let them go (laughs) they are married and they have children but mommy has to approve everything that's emotional entanglement from breastfeeding to death it's not released and i mean we laugh about it but there are men in their you know married homes who their mothers are still entangled to them they they haven't let them go yet and you mustn't be that you mustn't be that kind of mother there is a point where you infuse divine destiny and you have to break that emotional entanglement where they find their own purpose and their own walk even if it means in the wilderness they have they now come to the point where they have their own encounter with god in the burning bush and they pick up purpose from there. i've shared my story before for those in our church and time came in my life i left home for about a year, my parents didn't know where I was and all of that. I, I didn't want to be a pastor. Growing up as a pastor's child, I mean, things were tough. wasn't the best profession I thought. I just wanted to have a good life and not bother about church people living today, living tomorrow, and all process with church. So I left home for, for a year. But before I left home, my parents had taught me to hear the voice of God. I could hear God. I could know that this was God speaking to me. One year exactly, I heard God in my heart say, it's time to go home. And the desire to leave home just broke up from me and I went back home and the rest is history. When I look back at my life and as I'm studying this, I found out that the one thing that took me out of that life and put me right into preaching the gospel today with as much passion as I do is just one thing. My parents taught me to hear God's voice. Where you know this is God speaking. Right? Do you know that somehow teaching your children to walk with God m- m- can be the most vital, priceless investment you ever give to them? I mean, you might send them to a school where they pay 10 million a year and all that and it will matter. Sometimes, the thing between life and death would just be when God speaks to them and say, hey, move from here. But you know that sometimes that doesn't look like we're doing serious business, like teaching your child to hear God's voice. I don't know, it's not serious. Ah, like, you know, this this child has to learn, you know, learn this. This is the 21st century. Let's get more laptops. Let's get, you know, let's get uh, something. Let's, let's wire the boy up. Let's give him some stuff. Like, I mean, send him here. If he goes here, his destiny is made. Nothing wrong with all of that. But that's just looking at your child from the natural perspective and saying, this boy is handsome. We're talking about looking at your child from the spiritual perspective and saying, hey, God is depending on this child for something to be done on the earth. Alright, alright. So, Moses' mother discerned the prophetic purpose for, for the child. So you have to discern the prophetic purpose for each of your child this might take times of prayer this might take times of intercession this might take just spending hours praying in the spirit for each child not just the natural inclination please, I'm trying to emphasize that not just their natural inclination but the prophetic purpose prophetic assignment for their lives which, like I said, doesn't have to be preaching can be business can be medicine it can be everything now, i'll tell you something for instance the lord might want a child to specifically uh go for instance i'm just giving an example probably into the area of medicine for instance and you feel that impression you know by the spirit of god i'm not talking about naturally but you see that that child is not probably doing well in setting things that he needs to do well to be able to actualize that that purpose Do you know what you're going to do? Since you already know by the Spirit of God that this is the area you feel this child is going to walk in, you begin to prepare that child for that life. You begin to prepare that child for that life. Saints, our children are not given to us to prove to the world that we're not buried. Our children are not given to us to prove to the world that we are fruitful. Our children are given to us because God trusts us. Are are you following? I mean, some of you are saying, if God trusts me with this one, that means God really trusts me. Because, you know, your own is double work. (laughs) That's, That's something. They are right rewards. They are like gifts from God, not just to show people that hey, man, this lady can get pregnant. Just touch her, she gets pregnant. <laughs> That's not it. It's not to show how fertile people from your village are. It's something about purpose. Knowing that Moses held in his hands the key to millions of the children of Israel, can we go back home? Today, I look at our children from a higher perspective that locked in each of this child is a God-given assignment. We don't even have a clue how massive it will be. I mean, just imagine, using my life as an example, what God has done with my life. Imagine us coming here four years ago, Lord helping us to plant this church. Numbers of life we've touched, the people we've affected. And don't forget, this thing was already in my spirit locked up while I was two years old. Yeah? So this is more of a divine partnership. And that's why we cannot delegate parenting. I want to, I want to emphasize that again. We cannot delegate it. There are things in the life of your children you have to take responsibility for. Especially their spiritual growth. Especially their spiritual growth. You have to be deliberate about it. You have to be focused about it. You cannot leave it to the Sunday school class. The church is not the place for them to grow that way. The home is. We do a bit of our work, but I mean, how many hours do they spend with us? Two hours a week. You can't fulfill divine purpose with that. That time is too short what i'm what i'm hoping i can achieve today is that through the life of this woman i inspire you to take the spiritual life of your children more seriously and if you're not married this helps you in your choice of marriage that is not just about the clothes just as you shop for them and make sure they wear the best clothes and they go to the best school you're also making sure they have the best spiritual resource I was praying in the spirit a couple of days ago, praying loud in the spirit. I didn't know my, 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 my daughter heard me. She was going before, shortly. And she came up when I finished praying and says, oh, I don't know how to speak in tongues. I want to learn to speak in tongues. <laughs> so, so I called the mom like, I don't do children teaching. The mom is, how do we teach how to speak? I mean, how do, explain? do you explain? Do you understand that? But that environment is also very inspiring. That environment is inspiring. There's nothing like your children hearing you and your husband spend time praying in the Spirit. We can get our kids filled with the Holy Ghost from the age of nine, praying in tongues. The Holy Spirit doesn't have a junior Holy Spirit and a senior one like, you know, we serve them the junior one first. And when they grow old, we'll now give them the main meal. No, 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 no. You can teach them to walk in healing. I use a a girl as an example. If 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 she see me cringe up in pain, or the mother cringe up in pain, her first response is to lay hands and pray for healing. They've been raised that way. That's the first response. They're not going to say, sorry, they're not going to say, oh, what's wrong with you? In the name of Jesus, we ask the pain to go. It's deliberate. I mean, these are just basic stuff. You should teach your children. That what God expects of us is to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. That's what God expects of us. That's what God expects of them. They can practice it on themselves. They can practice it on their younger ones. And you're strong about that. That we grow, we don't We don't delegate these things. We don't grow, we don't look at these things and like, oh, don't worry, they will learn when they grow up. No, they wouldn't. There's a hero out there That is waiting for us to expose them so they can kill them. Number two. Number two. Shield them from satanic Babylonian attacks that kills the prophetic purpose of God in their lives. You must shield your children from the world system. You must be deliberate about preserving their spiritual life overexpose them i was thinking about this in and even in my own life making certain adjustments because i just i was just thinking that now sometimes our kids watch cartoons that are that they have all the like this magic stuff being done and some of this supernatural stuff and their first i'm just speaking now generally now their first introduction to the supernatural dimension is the negative one right like they watch this cartoon, and there's magic, and they know that there's a world out there already, they know that there's something supernatural. But then their first introduction is magic. They, they can put a hold to it, but yeah, it's they're already aware that there is a world that you can say things to happen, you can do whatever you need to do. We need to be conscious to make them know that hey, listen. The first supernatural world is the spiritual one. The one God created. That we can have what we say. We can lay hands on the sick and have them recover. And if we begin to put them on these parts, then the prophetic purpose of God for their lives can be accomplished. So we want to seal them as much as we can. Hide them just as Jacob hid Moses from the influence of Pharaoh. That seeks to kill the child. And you know the whole thing is not about the child. The whole thing is about the prophetic purpose that the children carry for the accomplishment of the will of God. I want to challenge you. Your children are not too small to know in-depth things about God. They're not too small. They're not too small. I want to challenge you that. Spend time spend time teach them to sow teach them to give to the kingdom i feel that sometimes in the christian world we underrate our children too much we really underrate them we keep giving them children programs keep putting them on this little light of mine, and their contemporaries out there in other religions are well advanced their contemporaries out there would have learned to recite all the prayers that they need to recite and this is where the rubber meets the road. They leave us and get into the university. There's no depth in them to confront the world. There's no depth in them to confront the things that they need to confront and then they're open. So by faith, we need to hide our children. We we'll keep them under the covering from Hayward to preserve the purpose of God in their lives. Number three, I'll give you four points. We must trust God Trust God for your children. Do your best and commit their safety into God's hands. Hebrews eleven 23, I'd like to read this translation. It says, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after his birth because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were unafraid of the king's edict. They were unafraid. There was no fear in them about the king. All Or everybody that I know is sending their children to this particular school. If I don't send my own, I don't know what they'll say. That's fear there. You're operating in fear about what people will say. I want to explain this to you. Raise your children to know that, listen. Raise them very early and put that in them. That, listen, everybody can do something. But in this house, there's a way we do things. I was listening to Jeremy Person, uh, the grandson of Kenneth Copeland, and he was talking about a message that when they got sick in their house, you know, every 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 other person in school, when they got sick, you know, when they come back, they say, "Oh well, I was sick, so I had to lay on the couch." My mother did this for me. It was like, you know, expecting them to make sure they get well and all. I said, "But in his own house, it was different. Once you got sick." Then the mother will pick you up and say, by, his, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. You know, walk the floor, pace the floor, confessing scripture. It was like, it was almost a crime for you to be sick. Do you understand? Because, I mean, they believe so much in divine healing. What I'm trying to say is this. Raise your children to say, listen, in this house, this is what governs the word of God, is final authority. Because as they go out, they'll begin to see and say, hey, listen, everybody can do that, but we can't. Why? Because God says we can't don't just say because mommy says so no because god says so and you're a child of god they were not afraid of the king's feathers. i like what isaiah 54 verse 13 the new american standard bible says all your sons will be taught of the lord and the well-being of your sons will be great how do i come to this conclusion because the word of god says so first but secondly here we find moses mother at a point she had to entrust moses out and there was no fear that's very important that we cannot keep being in the life of our children forever we lay the seeds and we let them go in faith in faith Certainly for some of you who, your kids are about going to secondary school and all that, you must not entertain fear in your heart. You must stay with Isaiah chapter 54 verse 13, that even if you have not done your job very well, then the mercy of God is there for you, that your sons will be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. You're not anxious. You're not anxious. I have never been concerned about the future of my children. I've never been concerned. Like, well, are they going to turn up? No, I have got the word of God about it. I'm serious. When I pray for their future, I don't pray out of fear. I have specific scriptures concerning my children. I just pray the spirit, pray in the spirit about them, ask the wisdom of God on what to do for their lives, ask on how to go about and just let them just go that way. There's no fear so we must also come in that time we must know the time to hide and the time to release is that okay we must know the time we say hey we've done our job it's now between you and god but great will be your peace because the lord will teach you from what i've taught you it's like the lord bringing to remembrance all the things you've taught them so i, I want to emphasize that also that there is a time of release and that we trust god we do not act in fear Number 4 I want to close a bit earlier than than we we announced God is the master planner And he has a plan for every child Please let's go to Psalm 139 We'll do one more and then we can wrap up Psalm 139 I hope you are learning something today Talk to me, are you learning something? Alright, thank you Psalm 139 Alright I want to pick up a few verses there That I'm trusting would lead us further in this conversation. Let's go to verse 13. And stop at verse 17. For you formed my inward paths. You covered me in my mother's womb. This is uh, David speaking. I'll praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. Look at this. And that my soul knows very well. My soul knows very well. Verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Look at verse 16. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Yet David explains that all my days are written in your book one of the most profound statements that jesus ever made was in the volume of the book it is written to do thy will and when jesus turned in the temple in the book of luke to the scripture in isaiah he says today this scripture is fulfilled in your ears when god secretly wrought your children and covered them in your wombs he covered them with divine purpose every child has a master plan every child every single child you have has a master plan there's a grand plan from heaven about that child that we need to participate with god to see its accomplishments number five you must separate emotions from destiny fulfillment women can be very emotional i understand that but you must separate emotions from fulfilling destiny all right do you know what it would have taken for jacobet to carry that basket and say hey go drop this baby in the river i mean that's some separation there or after training the child for a while right then uh pharaoh's daughter comes and says oh madam it's time and you know, of course, this woman had to be very discreet. We'll talk about that when we talk about lessons from, from Mary, the, the mother of Jesus. How to hide divine secrets in your hearts. When God speaks to you about your children. Because some of us, emotionally, we can talk so much. And God speaks divine revelations about your children. They are not for the hairdressing saloon. They are not for when there is no gist. Then you just bring your children and their divine plan and master plan and just unveil it they are asking for counsel unnecessarily Because you wouldn't spend the time praying So you need human beings to help you with that it's Learning to hide divine secrets And that's something about We found about this woman That means she raised Moses in such a way That publicly you couldn't even tell That this was Moses' mother And the time had to come When even Moses had to leave For Pharaoh's um, palace And those emotions Had to, to leave we know naturally women are very emotional but you must come to the point where you don't allow your emotions to interfere with destiny fulfillment and I want to specifically speak please to single parents you have to allow the fathers of these children a bit of access into their lives some of them will not have done right but you know we can emotionally shield our, parent, our children from that Fatherly imputes, at the end of the day, we're not helping them. If you're in a church, you can allow the pastor to come in and serve as a spiritual father and provide that space for those children. You cannot emotionally love one child more than the other. Ah, this one came. Ah, this one suffered me when I was giving birth. I almost died. And then the one that you didn't almost die, there is a feeling in your heart. It's amazing. But if you have that, you you have to really pray that God will help you. If there is a certain affection towards a particular child and the other child, you have to deal with that. You can't be emotional about raising your children, just that sense, in that sense. Because every one of them would have their own peculiarity in fulfilling the purpose of God. Some of their peculiarity you would not like. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of them you would not like. Like my little girl. If she does something and you scream. Right? And you tell her, come. Like maybe she's there. She does something here, you scream. And you tell her, come. From here to that place can take her three years. She just put her hand down and start walking this way. I mean, she won't probably cry. She will take all her time. And you know, at that point in time, you are feeling like And sometimes, that little character in the child can be something that puts you off. And you feel you can always tilt to this one that flows with you. Sometimes, especially when they are also grown. But we cannot do that. Every one of them, with their flaws and their weaknesses, have a God-given mandate. Every single child. Every single child. We cannot be so emotional, emotional by raising our children that we do not put them in the way that the Father has ordained for them. And this is very critical. Are you willing to follow God in rearing your children and then trust them to the care and keeping of the Lord? This is the question you should ask yourself. Are you willing to collaborate with God? And when the time comes, you let them in the care of the Father. just know that all your responsibility towards them is to pray for them i read two things i wrote here then we can close television too is such a powerful influence have you looked at your children's program they are almost um, without exception right now all kinds of supernatural power killing televisions have a switch and as a parent we have the responsibility to discourage such influence and teach our children things that are wrong i I was amazed one day i went to visit someone and i saw the parents, they were watching a particular program some of these soap operas and all the children were there just watching and you know some of us I I, I think even in our own laziness when the children are disturbing us what do we do? just go watch cartoon because we know it's the easiest way to keep them calm and in one place we may need to review that we may need to rethink that you know it's also a bit of discipline to watch what your children are watching because then you have to pay attention But how many of us know that sometimes we can even be sitting with them there and we're on our phone? Like we're talking with our friends in Australia and just laughing to ourselves. (laughs) You, this girl. We're just laughing. And the children are in their own world. We don't even have a clue what they're doing. So we must begin to take this more more seriously in terms of the media, the influence of the media on our children. and and, and i'll just backtrack to say not just on our children on our own lives also we need to watch how the media is training us to raise children because most of us some of us are influenced by also the things we watch not the word of god we haven't had time to spend time on the word of god to know what the word of god expects us is what we read all the time Okay. If we as parents don't teach our children the value of faith in Christ, who will? If we don't teach them the importance of finding and following God's will for their lives, who will? The truth is that if we don't teach them what is right, we leave the door open for others to teach them what is wrong. One of the things you must teach your children is the importance of following God's will for their life. Right? When you come and say, "Oh, this one, my 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 friends in class says this," my he says, listen, there is a will of God for your life. There's a purpose of God for your life. <laughs> I remember the early days when I wanted to choose my jam subjects. I think sometimes I used to think my father was weird, but now when I understand this, now it's helping me better. I remember when I went and say, "I want to do this. I want to do this." And my father, the first question my father asked me, "Have you prayed about it?" I'm like, "Who prays about jam subjects?" You don't worry about jam subjects. You just, you understand, you just wake up and say, I want to be a mass communicator. I want to be an engineer. And my parents told me, there's a plan of God for your life. So your first responsibility is seek out that plan. And those were the things that began to train me on how to hear the voice of God. And what those things do to your children is that they birth in them, a confidence to withstand the pressure that's out there. Even now, even as pastors, for instance, people will come and like, Hey man, ah, Bonnie Island, why are you there? I'm like, hey, there's a plan of God for our lives. We are doing God's plan for our lives. So even at our adult age, that has given us the courage, the strength, the calmness, the peace to stay in the center of God's will you know people are always telling you to move hey you better go there you better do this You so there's no how you're even going to outgrow the influence of people always trying to make you move out of god's will for your life like it's time to go to the next level i'm like no this level is god's will for my life you don't have the timetable god has and we're following his plan right even for us men sometimes like oh no you can't stay there for 10 years you can't stay there for this it's time to do this it's time to do this And if you are not trained to be confident in the fact that there's a master plan for your life, people will approach you left, right, and center. You'll be tossed to and fro. So we learn three things from this lady. Number one, she was able to collaborate with God to birth the prophetic purpose in the life of Moses. Number two, she had the ability to hide Moses from the killings that were going out on the world whether you like it or not there's a massive onslaught of hell against our children the world system is just messed up right now the world system is just messed up right now we have a responsibility of keeping our children under the cover of righteousness number 3 we must separate emotions from raising our children we can be emotional as, we can be emotional as ladies but listen there's a time where the word of god has to overrule your emotions Say, so this is the way I feel, but this is the way God says it should be done. And I want to challenge you today. Take this as a call from heaven. so a divine responsibility to begin to go back and look at the ways in which we can collaborate with God and birth the purposes of God in the life of our children. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us. We receive this challenge and we ask father in the name of the lord jesus christ that you would help us you would equip us in the name of jesus you lead us in the way to go we pray that as we begin to pray for our children that the light and understanding of your will for their lives will be unveiled in our spirit in jesus mighty name we pray amen